Hello and welcome to Spotlight on Business, brought to you by Nat West with me, Mary Portas. In this new podcast series, we'll be concentrating on the topics that matter most to UK businesses and discussing both the challenges and opportunities they face in today's business world. Each week, I'll be joined by an experienced professional from some of the UK's leading companies. We'll be focusing on marketing, finance, HR and more, shining a light on the areas that businesses need to know about and to act on to succeed. This week, the spotlight is on global business and exporting. And with me is Gurdeep Singh Bath, Director of Exports at Perfection Foods, a family-run business that supplies handmade cakes to most UK national supermarkets and coffee shops and exports to 21 markets across Europe and North Africa. Gurdeep, hello. It's wonderful to have you here on the Spotlight on Business podcast. So tell us a bit about your business and how, since being founded in 2000 by your father and an uncle, it's grown to be exporting to 21 countries. That's pretty phenomenal over the last, what, so that's 18 years? Yeah, 18 years. So, I mean, we're the UK's largest handmade cake producers. So my father and my uncle started in just a really small room. And what would happen was um, my uncle would make a few cakes. My father would go out, uh, present them to some independent retailers in the local area. So before you get to that, were they yeah. cake makers anyway? I mean, what made them make cakes? <laughs> well, my uncle, at the age of 15, when he first came to England, he actually started as an apprentice and then he baker. as a baker, yeah. Right. Apprentice baker in a bakery called Harvest Time Bakery, which was a really big bakery in our area of the world in, in Warsaw, West Midlands. Uh, and then he eventually became head production supervisor and he actually ran the whole production of Harvest Time Bakery for right. 25 years. Right, okay. uh, my dad, he was a businessman. So at the age of 16, he went into retail, set up retail shops on high street selling clothes. Then he started manufacturing his clothes in a huge factory that Lady Diana open at the time and then he started supplying back in the 90s uh, retailers like cna bhs so real entrepreneur spirit at the heart of your family oh yeah especially from my dad's side as well and then they decided to close that down and make handmade cakes but make them affordable to a mass audience so uh, with my uncle's baking experience my dad's business experience so they set up this small little unit. My uncle would make a few cakes with a, a couple of staff. My dad would take them to a retailer, present it to a retailer, and the retailer would say, I like that cake, but can you t- change a sponge? Can you put a different frosting on it because it's Christmas? Can you put the packaging and put my name, my brand on the packaging? And his, the, the name then Perfection Foods, right? Exactly. And still is. Yeah, it's still Perfection Foods, uh, but we now have a number of brands underneath us. Sub-brands. We, yeah. Sub-brands, because we do a lot of So what were you label. doing at the time? Were you sort of bobbing around thinking, God, that's the last place I want to do. Definitely. Work it. That was yeah. definitely, I, I was working in the pharmaceutical industry and I studied, you know, business, psychology. And this is the last thing I thought I'd ever work with my dad. But when I started doing all these trade shows with him, I was working in the pharmaceutical industry and I had to help him out, you know, some days, a, a, uh, occasionally when he do a trade exhibition. And we'd get like Marks and Spencers come to our trade exhibition, as to say, look, I like that cookie. Can you personalize it for me? Can you do this product for me? I think this is amazing, these deals that we're getting. But and hang then- on, what was the market like then? I mean, so there you were, you know, your father had started with your uncle making mm. these cakes. And then suddenly he's getting not far in some orders from Marks and Spencers. Yeah. Was, was it a big competitive area? 
it was competitive, but because we were doing something really unique. What was the unique thing? Tell me what that really was. What we were able to do was make handmade artisan cakes, but on an industrial scale, on a large scale. So we make it cost effective. We buy the raw ingredients. But So I guess what the the, the uniqueness is that you were able to create what looked like premium Mm. products and were premium products, which gave businesses like Marks and Spencer the ability to sell it at a premium price and make good margins. Exactly. But you were able to pr- produce it relatively cost-effectively. Exactly. Okay. And, and that's why we've won awards for innovation. We've also won Bakery of the Year Award at English Food Awards twice in a row as well. And then that led us on to our... Because we thought we, we've got some really strong opportunity in the UK market. Let's go out and explore export markets. Yeah, if I was going to say, how far into the business was that then? How many years were you before you went, right, let's start exporting? So actually, we only started the business just after two years. My dad and I, we said, let's start exploring export markets because we had some feedback from the national UK market showing that what we were doing was a really good thing. So we started going out uh, to export markets, researching them, looking at competitors' cakes, mapping out the supply chain. And then eventually, after seven years, we did market research, understanding the competition, the retailers, the importers. Then we invited those potential customers to a trade exhibition, and then we started exporting after seven years oh right so you did so you 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 went out and you did this sort of analysis and a kind of look and feel of the market Mm. and then you started to really get down into the granular detail of what this market was and where you could go in and where you could go in with the price of your product how it should be packaged so you really knew then you were ready to go out to market exactly exactly And then by by that time as well, we knew how to package the products. We personalise the taste, the cake, the packaging, according to our customers' requirements. And, you know, is, is exporting, do you think, just for big businesses? Or could, could businesses do this pretty, you know, early on in their growth? Well, we did it early in our uh, growth. Um, it can, if you get exporting right, it's it's big, it's huge business. Yeah. You, you can't even put a number to it because the British brand, firstly, is worth so much. And if you've got an artisan product, you're making it in, in England, consumers have trust and faith in the British brand as well. So um, it's huge business when you look at it that way, especially in certain markets, emerging markets, for example. You've got to obviously be careful when you're exporting because you don't want to be reliant too much on your, your exports, especially if you're a small business. So if you're a big business and you've got really strong strong domestic market share then it's then you are at a good position to go out there but certainly if you're a a small business or even medium business and you're growing and you haven't done much exports it's very safe for you to dip your toe into export markets and that's something you certainly should do dip your toe get a feel for it test it test it get your packaging right get your partners right do it slowly strategically do it carefully until you're ready to to really expand because when you expand as well there's so many challenges that come with it because you've got to have your infrastructure set you've got to have a sales team present managing your customers because you're not there face to face and you also share your values because that's really important isn't it you want people have the same values and cultural values as you don't you when they're representing you internationally definitely that's very important you've got to get like-minded businesses to represent your brand you've got to get the right partners you cannot rush into that as well selecting the right partner is one of the most important things your partner doesn't have to be the biggest company in the world so long as they've got the right ethos and mentality like how you just mentioned that's extremely important are you purely wholesale uh no so we've actually launched now our own b2c brand so right coffee shops, bakery shops. 
which are doing phenomenally well, especially in export markets. We're now looking to franchise them because we've got some really interesting brands like the English Cake Company, mm -hmm. Chelsea Bakery, Patisserie Royale. We're actually, they're doing so well on export markets, so we're actually bringing them into the UK now. Oh, we'll I love showing... that. That's so funny when that happens. So you, exactly. they've made their fame internationally. Yeah. And so now you're bringing them home. Exactly. Some, <laughs> some retailers saw them abroad and then it, they sparked the interest to us when they contacted us and they said, look, we just had a cake in uh, Sweden at the airport and it was English cake company. We found out you're a British company. Can you bring this into our retail stores in England? Can you put, you know, put it Wonderful. here? So it's helping our growth. Do you sell online? We're about to start selling right. online because we've just built a brand new factory, you know, doing all the vegan sugar-free uh, stuff. So we've created a new brand, Raw Baking. It's going to go online directly to consumers. In and what about that internationally? What's your considerations when you're selling online internationally? So again, when you can selling internationally, you know, you've got, there's so many challenges involved in picking your strategy, picking the right market as well to make sure that you launch, you know, effectively as well. You've got to make sure for us, importantly, that we have our logistics process correct mm. as well, uh, because when you're sending pallets of cake and they're frozen, that's totally different to sending one cake, you know, um, as a possible directly to consumer. So there's a lot of challenges that go in there. You've got to control your own logistics in, and have that in place before you go out and launch but there's different challenges involved and do you brand differently for different markets yeah definitely so we uh, i can't mention some of the brands that we have present in certain markets but it's it's equivalent to you know elizabeth's bakery uh, you yeah. know, a, a traditional name um scandinavian name for example and we have a scandinavian or you know lady on there you know and we, do you know that by doing market research and saying and knowing what packaging people aspire to within those different continents and, and countries yeah definitely you okay. can you can only learn this from market research because yeah. there's no way you can create yeah. this sitting in england you'll probably get this wrong you've got to go out there you've got to test it you've got to show the trade show show your customers show your consumers you know is this the type of packaging that will work but i mean we've actually come up with some really british brands as well like how i've mentioned chelsea bakery english cake company which really speak british and they have global appeal anyway in certain markets yeah. they have major you yeah. know appeal so and what about things like you know currency and payment are these things that people really need to think of currency payment delivery returns mm. you know what, what are the what are the I don't want to say headaches, but what are the issues, you know, that you have to really think about? It's important to consider getting a foreign currency account. Like, for example, we have a euro account, we yeah. have a dollar account as well. That's something very important. You have to have that. And is that about safeguarding you against the different, you know, currency predictions and the flow of the pound or the euro? Yeah, it's, it's a mixture of reasons. That's one of the reasons. Another reason is some companies won't even trade with you unless you deal with euros right. or unless you deal with dollars. So it's important that you have that in place. I mean, when we first started we used to say look it's x factory from us and you've got to pay in pounds and because we had such a unique product though we were unique business anyway you know customizing a product for them award-winning bakery they actually dealt with us but we knew we were you know we could have got much more market share if we went that step uh, further and that's what we had to do during our export journey learn these things and then did get... you have to sort of you know look at the margins and say right okay if we're going to accept the dollar because obviously these things just fluctuate don't you of course they do. so you just had to keep changing the price that you sold them at yeah, to I mean, accommodate the different currencies. Yeah, I mean, for example, whenever I negotiate now as well, I still give them, even though if they want a price in dollar, I'll give them a price in dollar, but I'll give them a really competitive price in pounds. 
And so, right. so just in case, right. you know, they, they, they find that more attractive to me, then we take that. But you have to have those accounts in place. You have to have currencies in place. If you're going to do exports long term, if you're going to dip your toe in the market, you can get away with it, uh, you know, initially if you want to test. But when you want to do this long term, you have to have currency in place, foreign exchange. We like to be practical. We know we like to know what's going on. We like to go out and visit the markets ourselves, visit our mm. partners, because we've got some horror stories as well when we've met some partners out uh, out abroad and have contacted us they're not who they say they are remember you're dealing with the world and when you're dealing with the world there's there's no not not necessarily a specific regulation body that's going to regulate your email coming to you your negotiation so we've had some people selling to us and saying look we are x y and z when we've gone out and seen them they haven't been x y and z how they've made out they've been really smaller than what they've been out made out and they haven't been this kind of partners that we want to work with and did you fall short sometimes in the early days of that um yeah i mean we obviously uh, we've had challenges we've we've got some scars during our export journey because we've done it ourselves a practical experience so that happens and you you've got to have again that that's an important point as well exporting isn't cheap you've got to have a bit of a buffer here you've got to have some investment ready to take you out into export markets especially if it's your first export market or your first few you've got to be expect that you are going to make some mistakes as well you it's a learning curve that's why you're doing the test and we've done some tests we've got had our fingers burnt slightly as well when we're selecting the right partners and after that you learn it's like any natural system yeah so but but effectively doing as much due diligence as you can yourself getting out there and and, and finding and asking what other brands they work with i guess getting exactly. people to to tell you about that it's it it takes time it takes hard work but it's worth it if you get the right partners definitely because you only learn from this as well when you go out yourself especially if you're looking to do this long term so it's important to get out there yourself and how did you pick or identify what markets and locations that you wanted to concentrate on first? Well, we naturally picked um, the EU markets because of free trade agreements um, at that time. Um, and, and do you think that's still going to be good? I mean, everybody's concerned about what Brexit's going to do. Do you think there's going to be a shift or do you think we're still going to continue to be OK working um, in yeah. European markets? I'm quite sure that there will be um the free trade agreement lasting with our European partners. I, I can't believe that's going to change. But And these do you think markets, now, knowing what you know now and all the information that's been on and this, the situation we're in now, that you still think that that will be a better deal for business? I think so. I mean, um, obviously, there's going to be there's a change happening wherever there's change, there's opportunity. You have to keep your ear to the ground, really study the market, be ready to change and be receptive to the market. But definitely, there's going to be opportunity. We can't just rely on uh, our European partners. And we're going to have um, better trading agreements. I'm, I'm quite sure about this with other markets that demand British products where there's been heavy uh, taxes in the past. So, you know, we operate in, in a global market. They're our friends. I'm sure we're going to have uh, close links with these people. You were talking about selling internationally, that it can be costly. What would be your top tips for not getting carried away at the start? You need to fine tune your markets that you're going to look at. So don't get carried away by visiting multiple markets and studying them, learning them. Just pick a region, pick a market maybe pick a market close to home for example even ireland you know it's not Mm. a million miles away you can get cheap flights it's close but there's so much links 
uh, but pick a market. Um, you have to do some desk-based research. You might need to study your competitors in the UK, see which markets they went out first. You might need to pick the brains of uh, other agencies out there to see what they suggest. Do your homework, your desk-based research, select a region or a market and just focus on those markets first and, you know, make make some regular trips because you can get flights for like 50 pounds a day return with 50 pounds day return you can go out there you can do a lot of market research you can go there for (laughs) one day come back and you know the market so you know you can do these things you know and it's important don't get carried away with investing too much in in terms of the growth by doing international how much have you grown your business well it's it's probably hard to say but we've totally transformed so um Back in 2012, we built a brand new purpose-built factory that was opened by the trade minister, Stephen Green, at the time. And that was during the whole height of the recession. Businesses were downsizing, becoming bankrupt. We were upsizing. We were building brand new infrastructure, domestic infrastructure, brand new jobs. Uh, We've now recently built a brand new factory again as well, um, focused more on gluten-free, allergen-free, vegan cakes, sugar-free. That's also for the domestic market as well but it's a big market out there in the exports as well so um it's hard to say how much we've grown but we've totally rapidly changed as a business we've got export department we've got a marketing team we've got a whole domestic infrastructure supporting our international strategy we're also looking at setting infrastructure up internationally as well so this is something that we didn't have before and that's because we've got a flavor and taste and a hunger for international markets that's all taken you know strategic process but listening to you i think at the heart of what you've said is you know at the time we you opened up when the crash and all this was happening what you've got is something that's unique that you're mm. passionate about and you've done it at the best that you possibly can yeah. and people are still consuming and they're choosing to consume and buy your product well done that was just a great great story Gurdeep Singh Thank Bath you. Director of Exports at Perfection Foods you've been listening to the Spotlight on Business podcast brought to you by NatWest with me Mary Porters and to discover more information on what we've discussed today business insight local events and stories from businesses facing the same challenges as you Search NatWest Business Hub or go to natwestbusinesshub.com where you can also find links to watch our Spotlight sessions. I'll be back with another Spotlight on Business podcast next week when we'll be focusing on finance. Until then, from me, Mary Portas, it's goodbye.